1: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
0: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome back Rush Nation and a Happy New Year to you all. We're back again with the Jonathan Taylor special Five Yard Rush Fantasy Sport podcast focusing specifically on all things Jonathan Taylor and a little bit of Daily Fantasy Sports as well. Um no, <laughs> I joke. We, we will we will be discussing Daily Fantasy Sports as we always do. It is of course the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Show. I'm back with Sir Mark of the Ferguson clan. And I am of course your host Nick Owen. How are things going, Mark? And did you have a good new year?
1: Um yes thanks. Happy New Year to you too. You. I had a I as predicted, I had my Worst week of the season so far. Last week, <laughs> uh, well, we, we
0: were both down on week seventeen. Yeah, it?
1: we definitely were, definitely were, but for not for the reasons that normally you are. It was, it was like chalk fest week. It was all the chalk scored over forty points, and as I said many times on here, I don't necessarily do well when it, all the chalk does well because of how I build my lineups and the way I use leverage, and that's exactly what happened. Funnily enough, I actually had I only played eight lineups and. In those, I had eight out of the top ten highest scoring players in at least one or two of those lineups, but just never enough together because yeah. you needed, especially in GPPs, you needed to score really over two hundred points before you could even be interested. So, um, didn't really work out for me. But what about yourself?
0: Yeah, um, I was the same. What I tried to do was, was um, just enter a few of the sort of smaller brackets, if you will, um, just just to try and top the money up a little bit before the playoffs um it didn't really start all that well with the early games on the Sunday so I ended up putting in a few lineups just specifically built around the later games but um I I was I was done in the receivers to be honest I had Ty uh, White, Hilton and Kendrick Bourne in a couple of lineups and it just didn't really work in my favor because there was as you know there was a few receivers in other games that absolutely went off and those are the ones that won a lot of people had similar players you know Derek henry i think was the the one of the highest played running backs last week jonathan taylor was in a lot last of time, lineups yeah. um so yeah, it, there wasn't really much differentiating between one lineup to the next in the late games other than in the receivers and unfortunately for me i picked the wrong ones
1: well that's DFS for you, isn't it? It's, Absolutely. Um, but it's. on the plus side, as happens most weeks, we get to play again. And you do. Wild card Weekend is usually one of my most successful weekends of the year. I mean, that's normally a four-game slate. So obviously, now we have a six-game slate.
0: That so, is, yeah. of course, because we've got more teams going to the playoffs this season than we would have in, in the usual regular season. Um, COVID-related or, or otherwise, but yeah, we've, uh, we've got extra games this weekend, Mark. Um, I love Wildcard weekend. We've got games on Saturday. So just to run through the games that we have, we've got the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. We have my LA Rams looking for vengeance against the Seattle Seahawks. And that is on the road at the Seahawks. And we've also got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. That's our Saturday games. And then our Sunday slate of games, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans, we have the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints, and then finally rounding us off, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers, so a rematch of Week 17 there. Um, Before we do get into the, the players that we've got our eyes on, Mark, and You know, actually going through the lineups and and stuff like that. What games are you most looking forward to over the course of the
1: weekend? Well, obviously, my favourite is going to be the Tampa Washington game. Mm -hmm. It's you're you're lucky you've got a perfect time to watch your team game. You know, Saturday night, nine forty kick off. Oh, it's a great window. Yeah, it's a great window. Whereas mine is like one fifteen in the morning on a Sunday be finishing about the time my three-year-old wakes up. Um, it's it's not the greatest window.
0: The perfect thing about mine as well is it gives me a nice quiet Saturday night experience, uh, which is usually what Red Zone does on the Sunday. So from sort of, usually I can get away with six o'clock, but not always. But I know that if the Rams are playing at nine or 9.30, then I I'm pretty much guaranteed to be left alone then for the rest of the night. And that's that's my Saturday night. So it'll be a nice, nice, peaceful, quiet night. Me in front of the TV. Fingers crossed the Rams get the job done against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I really like the Sunday slate of games. Um the Bears and Saints one not so much. But the Ravens and Titans and the Browns and Steelers, I love those line those matchups and quite reflective in my lineups that I've gone with as well and the players that I'm looking at I feel like I've got quite a lot from the Ravens and Titans game and the Browns and Steelers game and I feel like I've left the Bears and Saints game alone on the majority of my lineups but as we'll see as we go through today whether that's the same with yourself but they just feel like the the two premier games of, of Sunday the Bears and Saints game could be a good game. It could be the best of the three, but I don't know. I just something just putting me off that game.
1: I, I love the Ravens Titans game. That's my favourite. I think it'll probably be everybody's neutral, every neutral viewer's favourite game. Should be high scoring, but also the Indy Buffalo game, which is the first one to go off. Mm. From for me, from a DFS point of view, that's definitely that's my favourite from a DFS point of view. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the only, the only thing that works is, especially if you're playing the six game slate you don't really like to put all your eggs in the first basket, do you? You like people like you like you to leave some, you know, PMR, player minutes remaining left for the end. Yeah. And the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, I, have, I, I haven't got, you know, you know, spoiler alert, I haven't got too much interest in that from a fantasy point of view. A little bit. I mean, you're going to cover every game, I think, in most of your lineups, but I haven't got too much in there for various reasons, which we'll come on to later. But, um, yeah, I, I like the, the Ravens-Titans and I like the indie the Colts and Bills game as well, especially yep. for DFS purposes.
0: Yeah, the, the Ravens and Titans game is a rematch of last year's playoffs, isn't it? Um, but I, f- I feel like the Ravens, for me, could be the, the team that are the closest challengers to the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. Um, they seem like they've they've got hot at the right time and Lamar's playing his, his best football of the season at the right time as well. The Titans have been one of those teams that throughout the season, they've been scoring well, but also conceding a lot of points. So this could be wrong game, wrong time for them, but we shall see. Um, I think what we'll do, Mark, this week for the listeners' benefit is we'll split this into two slates. So we'll do the Saturday slate of games, and then we'll move on to the Sunday slate of games. Usually when we go through our classic lineups, we focus on it positionally. But because this is a bit more of um, an intimate lineup, if you will, in that we've got um, a, a lot sort of smaller player pool to pick from, I think what we'll probably do is we'll go through each game and just just say who's, who's jumping out at us at the price, um, who we like, who we're potentially looking to inject into our lineups this week. So I think we'll start with the first game the Colts at the Bills. So is there anyone in that game that you've got your eye
1: on? Oh, there's lots of players I've got my eye on here. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen's my favourite quarterback on the slate, unsurprisingly. Yeah. I mean, he's my favourite non-Washington player anyway, as I've said before. Um, and is if I got to vote for MVP, that's who I'd be voting for. Uh, but um, I think I think in this game, you're going to find the, the sort of Allen, Stefan Diggs, John Brown probably will be quite a popular stack um with the Jonathan Taylor run back. Yeah. I actually like Dawson Knox. It may be instead of John Brown this week. If you're gonna if you're gonna stack, I think just maybe that differentiation from the field enough. Mm-hmm. Um tight end isn't isn't really great this weekend in terms of the options. And um so yeah, I think um at three point one K he's he's a good op good option. I think on the indie side I just like Jonathan Taylor because I just think, oh yes,
0: rest- yes, <laughs> say, it I, it like, you, say it louder, say it louder for the guys uh, it, at the no, back. No, 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 no.
1: no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to get banned by Murph. It's, uh, <laughs> I um, my reason is I just think with the receivers, it's, it's so inconsistent how the targets are distributed, or they're sort of spread out so so thinly that you get the occasional Ty Hilton week, like we had, sort of had a little run of them a few weeks ago, but. You, as you saw last week, you can't really hang your hat on that. So, mm. but Jonathan Taylor's usage is getting going up and up. I think, and um, I think that's probably what they'll probably try and do. Buffalo is like the highest; it's the second highest offense in terms of total fantasy points in the last six weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think that Indy will probably try to slow it down a bit. Keep yeah. the ball on the ground.
0: I think just going back to your Josh Allen point, Mark. Mm. When I looked at the quarterbacks in the the Saturday Slater games. There was nobody but Josh Allen who I can see putting in any of my lineups this week. So going through the other quarterbacks, you've got Philip Rivers, who I don't think I've played Philip Rivers in in any of my lineups throughout the season, maybe one or two at most. Tom Brady has been absolutely electric recently, Um, but he's playing a defense that's one of the best in the league when it comes to points given up to quarterbacks, I think the I think there's only two teams that are better and I think the Rams are one, possibly the Steelers. So as good as Tom Brady's been recently, that game doesn't, doesn't necessarily concern me because I, I still think Tampa Bay should have enough to beat Washington, but Washington's defence is very good. I've got absolutely no interest in Alex Smith at all or whoever it is that may be starting for... Washington quarterback this weekend and to be honest I've no interest in either of the the Rams or the Seahawks as good again as Russell Wilson is, he seems to struggle against the Rams, I don't know if it's a scheme thing or McVeigh just has the Seahawks number, up until recently we had a really good run of games against Seattle um, and we only lost narrowly Recently, I was 11 points in it, but it wasn't. Didn't feel like a game where there was 11 points in it. It felt more like a game where Jared Goff just really struggled to get anything going on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense did their their bit absolutely fine as they usually do. Um, the previous game to that, he scored 12.92, Russell Wilson, and that was at a time where he was still putting up his MVP kind kind of numbers week in week out. So. Just no interest at all in any quarterback outside of Josh Allen, even though he's priced at seven thousand five hundred.
1: There's no one else that I've really, really looking at there. Um, The only other one. Sorry, I was going to say that um, if you look at if you look thinking in terms of the Saturday slate, and you look at those six quarterbacks there, he's obviously going to be he's going to be so highly owned, Mm -hmm. so highly owned. So if you're playing really large field tournaments, then the what you need to play lineups without him in it. You need yep. to play. So then you've got to look at the other five and say, well, who out of those could hit a ceiling? Because the Ramsey Hawks and the Tampa Washington games have got really low implied totals, and you could easily see those being sort of twenty-one to seventeen or you know seventeen to fourteen games. Uh, so you've got to decide which one of those you think. I mean, off the top of my head, I would, I would, I would go with either uh, Wilson or Wolford, Wolford for the money says, But we're going to come back to that later. But yeah. Josh Allen's going to be so highly owned in really large field tournaments. It's more, it's more, it's in a long, over a long period of time. you are more positive to not play him.
0: Yeah, I've also got my eye on Gabriel Davis in this one at four K, who has quietly put together quite a, a solid second half of his season. He seems like um seems like almost a favorite when it comes to the red zone of of Josh Allen. He's had Five receiving touchdowns since week nine onwards. So he's coming off one of his better weeks last week as well with 107 yards against mm. Miami, which has been a formidable defense against quarterbacks and wide receivers throughout the season. So he's had a little bit of a price increase, but I think that's a nice budget receiver that you can slot in there. You know, you'd expect that Stefan Diggs is going to be highly owned. John Brown at 4 7 is going to be highly owned. So Looking for that differential play, if you will. Gabriel Davis at 4K seems like a bit of a bargain to me, and I've got him in quite a few lineups at the moment.
1: He, he scored 21 fantasy points or two catches last week. Yeah. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people will go towards um, Isaiah McKenzie because he had that three touchdown game last week. Um, but that did highlight something which actually is useful when you're playing short, small slates Is if you can find a Punt returner or punt returner rather than goal kick, a kick returner. Punt returner, and if you play him and the same defense of the same team, then you would get 12 points for that for a punt return touchdown because the defense gets it and the player gets it. Yeah. So Mackenzie's that sort of player. Now, you know, they don't, it's not very, it's not very, uh, it doesn't happen very often for a punt return to score twice in two games. That just doesn't happen that often at all. But it's it's a good way if you want to get some cheap plays in, just look up who the PUD returners are for these teams. Yeah. And then play the defence.
0: Coming back to your Jonathan Taylor point as well, mm-hmm. Mark. Um, can quite easily pivot onto him at the moment. But I've gone fairly budget with my running backs in a few of my lineups at the moment. Jonathan Taylor doesn't feature, but I think it's more a case of I think Game script will dictate that. Uh, for me personally, I expect Buffalo to win this game, and I think that's going to mean that Indianapolis are going to have to throw the ball. As well as that, Buffalo—they're not an amazing team, I suppose, against the run, but the sort of like, um, like a, a middle, almost like a middling team against mm. the run. Not amazing, but not not awful. So, I think Jonathan Taylor this week just from that game script perspective it probably will end up in quite a few of my lineups because we know that I love Jonathan Taylor but at the moment I'm going a little bit more budget on the running back side of things and putting more investment into the receivers so I I've gone quite heavy in receivers like Diggs and Godwin the, the big play receivers so that's the sort of strategy I've gone with at the moment but I can see myself switching things around and finding a way to get Jonathan Taylor in when it comes to Saturday.
1: I've got him in half my line at the moment, so I just think I just think he's a good player for his price. Yeah. Especially thirteen hundred cheaper than Derrick Henry, so
0: yeah. Can't absolutely can't argue with that. And it regardless of people's opinions on Jonathan Taylor and the Colts running the football and the, the split carries and whatever else, we were just discussing prior to the pod that the thing with Jonathan Taylor is he's he's got that sort of that boom potential that you look for in daily fantasy sports. You you're playing someone because you like them for the matchup, you like the potential for high output and Jonathan Taylor of late has has definitely had more involvement, shall we say, in in the Colts offence and he's scored seven touchdowns in his last four weeks. So there's definitely enough sample size recently to suggest he's going to be involved. They're going to have the ball in his hands. He's got a questionable tag on him, which is something that's worth monitoring. But he, he I think he was listed as limited in Tuesday's practice, so I would expect him being good to go come Saturday.
1: Yeah, and we've only got so many players we can pick from. You know, it's you have only got six. If you're playing the Saturday slate, you've only got three games to pick from, and if you're playing the whole slate, it's six. So. Yeah. You know, at his sort of price, I think he's good value. Mm.
0: We'll move on to the Rams and Seahawks. Mm. So, is there anyone that you are uh, hanging your hat on mm. in this game or any shares in players yeah. that you've got?
1: Well, you're going to be the expert on this game, so I'll try and keep this brief <laughs> <laughs> because you know these a lot of these players a lot better than I do. I think, is this also what I found, Q, was that, I don't know if this is the first week, but Lockett's more expensive than DK Metcalf this week, which is, yeah. I think, unusual. I'll come back yes, to unusual. that. Yeah, I'll okay, fine, great. great. Okay.
0: Why I, uh, I, have, I have a theory why that might be, but yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah,
1: I think the problem with this is both the defences are so good, generally speaking. I mean, in terms of... um, Sorry, the Seahawks has a terrible pass defence over the season. It's got better. It's still not great, but equally, you haven't got a great passing quarterback player for the Rams. So, i have got masses of addresses? In Cam Akers you know, we had the whole discussion last week about acres and Malcolm Brown and all that. And you're right. Malcolm Brown barely saw the ball. Um, and it was surprised how much workload acres got considering it wasn't even sure to play until inactives were announced. So I think he's a good price at 5.1. And I think he's a good way to save a little bit of money. I do like from a value point of view, I do like Wolford for the Rams as well. I think that I think, this being his second game, they may well potentially give him more runs than he got in the first game, designed runs and stuff. He did pretty well. But there's not there's not really much I like from this game. I don't like the run game for Seattle. And the Rams are so good on defence, that's what well, puts me off Metcalf or Lockett a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm of a similar a similar opinion, to be honest, Mark, in this one. I, I like the Cam Akers play at five one. I've got him in a couple of lineups at the moment. He d- didn't do all that much against Seattle last time out, but then, uh, not last time, the time before, um, the last time out, he was he was actually injured, wasn't he? The last time we played Seattle, so I think Cam Akers is a is a good good player. He, he, he seems to be fine with his ankle following last week. I think every report I've seen, even though he's got a questionable tag, everything I've seen pretty much seems to suggest that he'll be absolutely fine and good to go again this weekend. Um, Cooper Cup coming back off of COVID-19, fingers crossed, so that should be a nice fresh Cooper Cup that you get in for 6000 and I quite like that play because... Like you said, one of the weaknesses of Seattle throughout the season has been the pass defense, and Cooper Cup just finds finds ways to get open. Great route runner, whether it's Goff or whether it's Walford at quarterback, I think he'll be a favorite for either. So, Cooper Cup, even though he is a little bit highly priced there at six K, versus some of them, he was
1: a good
0: price. I think more so compared to some of the other receivers is is what I meant. So when you look at Van Jefferson who's still milling down at, I think, think around 3,000, Van Jefferson, 3,100. Um, now, the reason that I say a little bit higher priced is Van Jefferson, though his game last week wasn't anything that sort of leaps off the page, what we have lacked throughout the season is a deep threat. and John. This could be a quarterback thing. It could be John Walford, but he seemed to be throwing the ball a lot deeper than Jared Goff usually attempts to throw. Um I think he had more more deep passes or more deep pass attempts in that game than Jared Goff's had in his last six starts. So, you know, again, it, it's a difficult one, this, because you said you like Walford. There's talk that Jared Goff, if fit and ready to go with his thumb, might be back for this game. I personally don't want to see that. I'd, I'd rather still see what Walford has, has to offer. I think he had a... A bad start to the game last weekend, but then, he, he, you know, over the course of the game, he, he he got more and more comfortable. There was a couple of runs that I don't think were schemed runs for him, but he made plays happen with his legs. So I expect maybe to see more schemed runs where you bring that side of his game into the into the matchup. Really, I think this is a bit of um it's a bit of a booby trap game in that either team could have standout performers and yet both teams could cancel each other out and it'd be a really close game like it was last time. Coming back to the Lockett and Metcalf point, I think the reason Lockett is priced higher is because he won't have the attention of Jalen Ramsey, whereas I think DK Metcalf will. Um, Both times DK Metcalf has come up against Jalen Ramsey this season, he's practically been non-existent um the last time out when he had he had six receptions last time against the rams 59 yards um a lot of those yards that he had were when ramsey wasn't on him i think the Rams are just going to stick ramsey on Metcalf in this game and you know let that like that battle commence it was there was only one winner the first time round so we'll see what happens on on saturday i suppose but I do like the Rams' defense at 2,900, Mark, Mm. because it is a very good defense. And one thing I do know about our defense is it it finds a way to get to Russell Wilson time and time again. I think Russell Wilson, I think is Aaron Donald's most sacked quarterback, uh, which you potentially expect because it's a divisional game, but there's just something we we just seem to really amp it up on defense when we come and play Seattle so at 2900 felt like a pretty good price when you looked at some of the other defenses and
1: yeah if you, st- if you want to if you want if you want to um, make a line lineup then stacking this game is a good good way of doing it because all the pieces are really affordable mm. it leaves you room for others i think most of the players will be low owned yeah for all the reasons that we've just talked about I imagine Lockett will be the highest owned with his because um, he had that big 33-point week last week. Yeah, I think um, I think, I, think I, would, I might reserve a lineup to stack this game, but it would only be one lineup.:
0: Yeah, yeah. The books at Washington this, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. This is the way the NFL works, but it's crazy that the books are on the road at Washington for this game given the records of the two teams but that is the NFL it is what it is and that is the way it works when it comes to the playoffs um I'm I'm going to almost defer to you like you have with me in the Rams game Matt with this one there's there's only again a couple of players I've got my eye on in this one because it it feels like a bit of a trapdoor game whereby I'm expecting the books to win comfortably but you you do have a good defense there in Washington I've got McKissick in a few lineups because again I think it's as good as Tampa Bay are against running backs and wide receivers for that matter they're not quite as good against receivers as they are against running backs and I just think target wise if Alex Smith is playing the volume should be there for McKissick and Gibson has a questionable tag on him at the moment um, so I don't really feel he'll be good to go when it comes to game time. But I like Alex Smith at quarterback with McKissick. Um, not to say I'm starting Alex Smith, because I'm absolutely not. But if Alex Smith starts, McKissick at 4,800 looks a decent enough play to me. Um, as does Logan Thomas at tight end, 4,900. He's the only tight end really I've got my eye on with the Saturday slate. Um, and again, that's pretty much because Tampa Bay uh poor against the tight end position so outside of that Chris Godwin had a really good game last week and I've got him in a couple of lineups but there's not much I'm touching with this game.
1: Wow well it's funny um regarding that Antonio Gibson questionable tag it's probably just him looking after the turf toe injury that he's had that he came back with last from last week so I wouldn't read too much into that he'll be good to go I think because he's there's no indication he's got any worse. Uh, funnily enough like everybody I think everybody expects Tampa to win this game the only chance Washington really have is if you know the the defensive line may start you know make Tom Brady start seeing ghosts and stuff because he has got a bit of history of that um, and he is quite static so you know Chase and Monte Sweats if they, have a, if they have a sort of lights out game then there's a chance but in terms of fantasy points funnily enough I think there's some quite good options on the Washington team, which is weird for a team that's slow scoring generally. Mm. Uh, McLaurin's back; he's always he's always capable of hitting uh, slants and going the distance. Yeah. He's also generally a good, sort of consistent targets man. You've already mentioned um, McKissick. I actually like Antonio Gibson in here as well because I think he'll be really low owned because everybody thinks that the Tampa. Bay run defence is slightly better than it probably is right now, I think. So um, so I do like him. You already said Logan Thomas, who's a you know, he's been fantastic second half of the season. Absolutely fantastic from a DFS point of view. And then Cam Sims at three point nine K. He's last three games he's had nine, eight and five targets, which are three point nine K and a six game slate or a three game slate if you're playing a Saturday is it seems to offer pretty good value. The problem for the Tampa Offences is, is you don't really know who's going to score big.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you kind of know it's going to be one or two of Godwin Evans and Antonio Brown, but you have to you'd have to play multiple lineups to cover all the different combinations. The um, but all their recent scoring has been against some pretty poor defenses, so they are coming up against a really top-notch defense who actually feel like they're it feels like they get better as the season goes on, so so I'm actually I'm actually more interested in in the Washington side from a fantasy point of view. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean I can only agree with you there, Mark. To be honest, because I pointed out two Washington players, and I suppose what's worth a look again is the Washington defense at two thousand four hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only mentioned. Godwin coming off his big game last week, um, and he had a, a couple of decent weeks before that. The reason I went with Godwin is Mike Evans. I think I think he hyperextended his knee yeah. last week um, and wasn't able to continue. So that could be something to watch. Whether they risk him this week, um, whether he's whether he's good to go, you know that targets that would usually go to him are then split between Godwin, Brown, Gronkowski. Um, so. I completely get what you're saying. That...
1: The thing about the defences as well is you don't need, the defence doesn't need to hold the opposition to zero points or under 10 points to score a lot of points in fantasy. You know, a team that gets a lot of sacks, like the Rams do, you know, 11 sacks against the Seahawks in their two games so far. Mm. And Washington, which has been sacking people for fun. Um, that's what scores you points. Yes. And, then, and the other thing is Tampa Bay pass a lot. And the more team passes, that's the more chance you've got of interceptions. Therefore, the more chance you've got of a pick-six, which is what really gets you a lot of points in fantasy. So 2.4, I do like the defence as well.
0: Yeah. Well, the gauntlet has been laid down by Chase Young. He came off the field saying he wants Tom Brady. So we'll
1: see how that one develops. Well, he will find him just stood stationary in the centre of the pocket. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he... How he deals with that, that pass rush.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a good game, that one. It is an intriguing one because Tampa, are, they are mm. going into it white hot, but like you said, mm. they're coming off the back of a win against the Falcons and the Lions, two teams that mm. at this stage in the season or when they played them had absolutely nothing nothing to play for. So yeah. um, It's the classic
1: good offence against a good defence sort of game, isn't it? So.
0: It is, yeah. And usually in those kind of games defence comes out on top, so we shall see Um, move on then to the Sunday slate, Mark so we have the Ravens at Titans to kick us off who have you got your eye on in this one?
1: So what I find interesting about this is Derek Henry's price has dropped after his 39 points in week 17 he's down to 9.2k, I think that's probably because of DraftKings' respect for the Ravens' run defence, even though they are in actual fact middling in terms of Points given up to running back. so that's something to look at. Obviously, Henry Tannehill, Wager Brown will all be popular this week. I like going back to Corey Davis at four point.
0: What's his price? 4.8. Yeah, I've got Davis yeah. on my list as well. Yeah,
1: a 4.8. I like going back to him, and That that's sort of price seems fantastic when you consider some of the ceiling games he's had. When you yeah. consider he's had like a 24 and a 38 and a 29, that, that just seems fantastic. 4.8k, so I do like that. I mean, last week he got eleven targets. He just didn't convert them into points the way that AJ Brown did. So, AJ Brown did. So, I think I think he's a good choice from the, their side. On the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is understandably the, sec, the most expensive quarterback. Mm-hmm. And as you said earlier, when we were talking about the quarterbacks generally, you know, Ravens hit hitting form, right time, and all that. What's interesting is Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards both had thirteen touches last week, but Dobbins turned that into thirty-one fantasy points, and Edwards only scored eight. So maybe Gus Edwards is a good, a good money-saving pivot play this week, because you know if you look, if you're interested in terms of, of opportunity, then they're they're equal. Yeah, in that respect, with um, the big price difference. Um, yeah, I mean Marquis Brown and. Mark Andrews, everybody's going to be playing them as well, understandably. Because we kind of know that's the only place that Lamar Jackson throws.
0: It's an interesting one with Dobbins. He's scored a touchdown every week since week 11. And he actually had two last week. And I'm, quite, I'm surprised to see that because there, it felt like there was a couple of weeks in there where Gus Edwards was the, the goal line back, But maybe that came mm. just before.
1: Um, one of them was a the long run. One of them yes. was a really long run.
0: Yeah, it was. So, that was like the, the, this week that's just gone. He had that, was it a 70-yard yeah. touchdown? Yeah, yeah. I've, understandably, like you've already mentioned, Lamar Jackson stands out in this one. He's put up some really good scores recently. But I think the reason, again, I'm this is later games, I'm not looking at anyone in the quarterback position other than Lamar Jackson, to be honest. Um, but there's two reasons for that. One is the Titans are... Pretty poor against quarterbacks, and the second one is the Titans. Pretty poor against running backs, and mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is basically a running back at the quarterback position. So, at seven thousand eight hundred, he is in most of my lineups at the moment. Since he's been on a bit of a tur since about week thirteen, um, his lowest score since then was twenty two points, but he's had at least twenty five um, in four of those games since Um, he's he's had over 30 twice so Lamar Jackson I've got plenty of shares in him in my lineups this week I also agree with you on the Davis shout I do really like Marquise Brown again I know it's a name that's cropped up a couple of times in previous weeks he's again not getting a massive amount of targets but he's, he's just got this uncanny knack of finding finding ways to get into the end zone, Marquise Brown, and he's went off two touchdowns last week against Cincinnati, Um he's actually had since week 12, he's actually had six receiving touchdowns, so he feels he's actually dropped in price this week as well, 5,400, so he feels pretty fairly priced there. This could be a game mm-hmm. that requires both teams to throw the football a little bit, so Not a bad player. Marquise
1: Brown's issue is he just doesn't get the yards to go with the touchdowns. It's kind of, we call, we picked Marquise Brown last week, I think, on the pod. And in fact, he got two touchdowns. He should be scoring more than 21 points. Or you'd hope a player scored two touchdowns to score more than 21 points. So um, he just needs to get more yards. But, you know, this is a small slate. So, and especially if you're playing on a Sunday, um, the Sunday only slate.
0: It feels like a bit of a matchup made in heaven almost Mm -hmm. for the Ravens at the moment because the Titans. I've already mentioned the poor against running backs, the poor against quarterbacks. They're the second worst team in terms of points given up to receivers as well. 45.9 per game. They give up Mm -hmm. on average. So that's just another reason why I like Marquise Brown there, but I completely agree with you. He doesn't, doesn't always see the big yardage and you tend to, tend to find with Brown that when he does have decent yardage, it, it feels like it's, something's come off say a forty or a fifty yard mm. touchdown that he's he's running. So yeah, it's um obviously I think it's it's just like you said, I think because the, the lineups are based around three games this week rather than the the usual slate, you've obviously got a smaller player pool, but I, I just really like this. I think Baltimore are going to avenge this one. I know they lost last mm. year to the, the Titans, but I think this is right right matchup right time for them
1: yeah i think um i think brown and Corey davis are a nice little correlation nice and cheap it just um i think i think they i think this game's going to be all on the ground really though so that's the only I, I, i'm only playing a brown and davis because they're so cheap but it's be all on the ground the problem with someone like um like markus Mark andrews has this issue as well is they're so they kind of I wouldn't say inconsistent's not the word because they've been scoring quite regularly double digits but they never they don't seem to get the big totals anymore like they have done in the past. Not certainly not this year. So and also like you say it's a perfect um, matchup for them with a better passing quarterback. Yeah. So for example, you know, if it was if it was like um I don't know out of these ones probably Tom Brady as so i say obviously he wouldn't be playing in the AFC um um playoffs but um if it was a decent you know a decent quarterback like that playing against them then I think I think they'd they take more advantage of it. But I think what do they they ran over four hundred yards in the game last week, was it between them the three of them? Lamar, Jackson Dobbins and Edwards so
0: Yeah it's um, just looking back and Lamar had two hundred and forty three yards against Jacksonville. Before that you have to go back to week ten where he played New England to find a 200 yard passing game mm. everything since has been sub 200 so completely get what you're saying they're definitely on that one um I have actually got AJ Brown and Corey Davis in a lot of my lineups with Lamar Jackson and JK Dobbins so I'm mm. stacking on both sides there
1: yeah
0: but yeah that's I feel like in a lot of my Sunday lineups I've got a lot of Baltimore and Tennessee in those lineups.
1: I think um, I think Gus Edwards is sort of my my big my cheap play for this for these for this weekend, I think. I think he's too cheap. When well, you can see he's two point two K less than Dobbins. Hmm. They're very different types of runners. Obviously Dobbins is more built for the big play, but they got the same opportunity in the last game.
0: Moving on to the Bears at the Saints. I said at the start, Mark, that this is a game that I just don't like this game. I I haven't actually got a player in mind who I like from it, if I'm being honest. Um,
1: It should be a short segment then.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kamara is obviously a a standout. If if he's good to go, he seems like he's got a COVID designation on him at the moment, but if Kamara's good to go, then how many touchdowns did he have last week? Five, was it? He's coming off a massive week. six. Six doing him a disservice Mm -hmm. there um Mm. so you know six touchdowns there and we know he tends to be better when Drew Brees plays I know the Bears have just got a good defense but Mm. they're they're a pretty good run defense the Bears and there's just no one that really stands out for me that there's no receivers jumping off the page Alan Robinson again is another obvious because he puts up numbers so consistently Uh, admittedly not last week against Green Bay but prior to that he he was putting up double figure scores every week but I just don't like this game Mark no one at the moment in any of my lineups from this game
1: (laughs) I think um, I think Montgomery's run is probably going to come to an end isn't it? The stingiest run defence in terms of fantasy points the Saints Alan Robinson's price has come down from 7.7 to 6.6 because this, again, I think that's partly because the Saints has got such a deep, good defence. Like I said, Kamara's pricey. He's obviously the best option on the Saints. For me, the one value play here is Darnell Mooney, if he's fit again. Because last week, last week's game against Chicago against Green Bay was like a playoff game mm. to them. I mean, they ended up losing, but they ended up losing because of the way the other results went. Sorry, they lost, but they got through because of the way the other results went. So I can imagine a really... Si- you can imagine a really similar game script for this game to the Green Bay one. And Darnell Mooney got targeted 13 times last week, whereas um, Alan Robson only got targeted five times. So I won't. Ex- I don't expect him to get another 13, but at 3.9K, he doesn't need 13 targets.
0: No, definitely not. Uh,
1: he did hit the end zone last week, That's which is why um, he hasn't really scored 20 points 20 points at you know 4.1k which is if you got a touchdown obviously then we'd be talking about people would be talking about it more but um yeah in a small slate 3.9 K 13 targets last week in a similar game script I think I could I could play him I'd be happy and, with that
0: any interest here, mark in Jared cook Burrs the, the giving up the second mm. most points to the tight end position
1: yeah that I saw that but they just don't use Cook as much as you'd want, I don't think. I mean, his targets are all five. Look at the last, last five, uh, five, four, five, four, five. So he's very touchdown to Pemberton to get mm. double points, double digit points. Uh, in seasons past, he used to have these ceiling games, Jared Cook, didn't he, where he'd suddenly score two touchdowns, 120 yards, and you'd be laughing. But they haven't. They, it doesn't matter which quarterbacks in. Neither of them really been using him.
0: Yeah.
1: So I haven't got, I haven't got much interest in. Him. Funnily enough, I do think he might be one of my lineups at the moment, though. Which now I'm thinking I, I might have made a mistake. So um, yeah, I don't like Jared Cook.
0: I can't. I can't even. Even looking at the defenses in these games, the Saints' defense is priced at three thousand eight hundred. The Burrs at two thousand eight hundred. Both of those prices also feel too high. So I can't yeah. even. I can't even say there's a, a defense I'm looking at though because I'm not. I'm literally got no interest in anyone from this game. The actual game itself I've absolutely got an interest in, but in terms of the players, I just can't see myself picking many from this game in any of my lineups.
1: No, I just just Mooney's I'm gonna have I mean I probably I will have Robinson in somewhere just because he's he's Alan Robinson. he's such a good talent and a six point yeah, Alan Robinson at six point six K He's too cheap for you to ignore. But I definitely would Only happening like one lineup, I think. But Mooney could fill in some him. So, like Mooney's the same price as Cam Sims. So, I think um, I think that's um, that's they're good two good cheap options.
0: Browns and Steelers, then Mark. I think we've done the Bears and Saints to death almost without even really mentioning anyone from that game. Um, Browns. It feels
1: like the tight ends and defenses of all. Yeah, it does. It does.
0: It does. And coming towards the end of the segment as well, ironically. Um, Browns at Steelers. There's quite a few that I quite like in in this in this matchup. So I'll kick off with yourself because I think you I think you mentioned at the start that there wasn't too many that you had your eye on. So no,
1: nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that interested in this game. Obviously, one of the issues with the Steelers is they've got so many pass catching weapons. as a case of who you go with. But yeah. Deontay Johnson at 6.2k does seem very cheap to me. Um, from that side, the you can make a case for playing any of their wide receivers, though the Steelers, can't you? Because you know Juju did well last week. I think was it Juju or Claypool, one of them did. Um, one they of them pretty, did really well last week.
0: They all pretty much had a decent game, I think. Yeah, I think. Claypool
1: got twenty-four, Juju eighteen, but Deontay Johnson seems to be his favourite. It's just I just find it odd that they're um, that they've been sort of priced so so low, like six point two, five point five, and five point two, because the Cleveland. Uh, defence gives up a lot of fantasy points to receivers, doesn't it? So I find that very odd.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I was looking at because in terms of who I like in this game, uh, completely with you, Deontay Johnson, one of the most heavily targeted of of the lot and that sort of stands him out on on his own pedestal, if you will, really. But he's not always the most productive with, with the work that he receives. Juju Smith-Schuster, since he stopped dancing on teams' logos, seems to have knuckled down a little bit. And he's had two good performances in his last two outings. He had 13 targets against Indianapolis. He had eight against Cleveland last week. And he's had touchdowns in both of those games as well. So quite a a price drop as well. He was priced at 6,000 and 6,400. Now he's dropped to 5,500. So I quite like the Juju... Smith used to play in that game. I think Eric Ebron is back as well or yeah. Cross will be back for this one. So at 3700 he's the tight end from this slate that I've got my eye on. Um mm. seem yeah, to be seem to be a favorite of Rafflesberger. Um right up until obviously missing out the other week but yeah, Ebron at 3700 feels like a a decent player of the tight ends that there was, there was only really, um, I suppose you can make a case for Mark Andrews because he's he's the talent of the bunch. But the only other one that I, I really had my eye on was Jonu Smith. But I feel like I've been burned that many times by Jonu Smith over the course of the season that Ebron felt the safest player. there.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's just as I, as we're talking this through and stuff. One thing I probably haven't sort of appreciated as much as I should is. This is the last game of no matter what slate you're playing, whether it's the sixth game slate or the Sunday slate. And so having leaving yourself options there is a good thing because if you need to catch up and stuff, you know, switch switch off like um, like Juju or Claypool, or whoever, and go to Richard Higgins or Landry or Peoples Jones if he's back, sort of thing, it gives you that option to try and catch up or to pick somebody that is lower-owned yeah i'm just um I'm looking at it now and thinking i haven't got enough steeler wideouts in my lineup so far I, I haven't finished my doing all my lineups by any stretch but yeah I definitely have on the um Cleveland side it's hard to know where to go isn't it really Obviously there's that news come out yesterday about so many coaches who've tested positive for covid and that's yeah. gonna i think that's going to make a difference yeah the Chubb and Hunt's sort of sharing of workload again makes me I still think Chubb's expensive for what, personally, I think he is. Kareem Hunt had his highest workload in four weeks last week. And that was in a game, again, to them, that was a playoff game. They had to win it to get in. So um, so I'm not sure. You know, you've got Jarvis Landry, Rashard, Rashard Higgins. Austin Hooper might be a nice play as well. 3.9K. Um, scored double-digit points the last three weeks. Yeah. He might be quite like but whether he's better choice than Eric Ebron, because the matchup definitely isn't as good. You know, it's a it's a really awful matchup in terms of fantasy points.
0: Yeah, there's there's two that I've got my eye on from the Cleveland side of the ball. One is Nick Chubb, ironically, again with a, a drop in price from seven thousand six hundred mm. last week to six thousand seven hundred. But I think the reason why I'm picking Chubb here, Mark, is just simply due to what he actually was able to do against Pittsburgh last week, there's not much more that I'm putting into it in terms of sort of research mm. other than that. That last week he was able to exceed 100 yards on the ground against them with a touchdown. Um, prior to that, I mean, Pittsburgh are, are one of the better teams in the league in terms of the performance against running backs. So this is one of them where I could. I probably will end up pivoting off Chubb because I've got more faith in the Steelers receivers. I think if if Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw the ball for 250 plus yards like he has in you know more than enough games this season, then there's plenty work there for the receivers and there's not much going on in the Pittsburgh run game. So I've, I've probably got more of an interest in investing in some of those Pittsburgh Steelers receiving assets. But... Nick Chubb at 6,700. There's the sort of like, there's Derek Henry, there's Kamara, and then there's quite a drop-off to the next lot of running backs this week. Um, and given that he has had a little bit of a price drop, yeah. I felt like I had to almost put him in by default. Um, the only other one that I've got my eye on is the Browns' defence. Interesting. Um, and again, for not, not really for... A great reason other than it's priced at two thousand five hundred. So it's the second lowest defense of the slate this week on Sunday. Um the Titans is the only one that's lower than it against the Ravens, so you could say that's that's fair There's some there's some big players on, on the on the Browns defence, especially across the line. Um they don't tend to get a lot of turnovers, or they certainly haven't in the second half of the season. They were turning the ball over quite consistently early doors. They've not had a lot of turnovers recently. Um and they sort of tick over with the scores. There's nothing, you know, recent weeks, three points, six points, eight points, two points, five points. There's nothing there that makes you think, wow, I need to need to play this defence. I think I've probably just got them in as a bit of um like a contrasting pick mm. to the Steelers' receivers. That's pretty much it. The top and bottom of it. And I think looking at the other defences across the board, the Saints and Bears game, you expect the Saints to win that, but it it could be a decent scorer. Um, Steelers' defence has flattered to deceive in recent weeks. The Ravens' defence is potentially the standout of the lot, but three thousand three hundred. Feels a little bit too much to be paying on a defense, so the Browns is the one that is the one that makes the most sense to me.
1: Mm. Yeah, I just um, they haven't. The thing is, I just last week's game you can't really judge too much by last week's game at all because Pittsburgh rest a lot of starters on both sides of the game. But if you look at the first week, you know they got the first time they played in week six, they lost thirty-eight to seven. Um and the defence then scored one point. So yeah, I'm not I'm not one of myself. Actually you have got them in a lineup, funny enough, but that's just because they were out of the options, you know, I wouldn't pick Tennessee and they just fit with the rest of my team. You know, as I always say, I say every week, I always pick a defence based on how much money I've got left rather than any sort of, you know, analysis or research and stuff. Yeah. Um the Nick Chubb thing again. I, I think last week, is a red herring. His 100 yards last week is a bit of a red herring. In a game that they had to win, he still got only fourteen touches. That's kind of what I see. And you know, the Steelers' defense will be back to full strength. So, but you know, it's playoff football, so you never know. You just never know.
0: That's true. The only the only thing I would say is with the Steelers. Yes, earlier in the season when they beat Cleveland 38.7 and looked good doing it. In recent weeks, it's not looked like the same Steelers team. Um, true. True. So I think that's that's almost what's putting me off a little bit as well. The end of the day, it's playoff football. It's it's knockout football, basically. It's, it's winner-take-all. So it's who turns up on the day. The Browns, I think, are, are a better team than they were earlier in the season. The Steelers are potentially a worse team than they mm. were earlier in the season. So I think this is, a, this is probably the match-up that intrigues me the most because, like you said, you can't take too much from last week's game. At this point in the season, I don't think you can take too much from the game earlier in the season either. And I think both teams, one team I think has improved and one team's regressed. And it's interesting to see how much both of those teams have changed in that way. In well, terms in will come out the victor.
1: In the last six weeks, the Browns are the fifth highest scoring offense from a fantasy points point of view. Mm-hmm. Showed how much they've improved and stuff, and that's with them having like one week with no receivers because they're all you know COVID on the COVID list. So yeah, be interesting. Yeah. Um having talked talked this through and recorded this now, I definitely haven't got enough exposure to that Cleveland Pittsburgh game.
0: I think definitely the, the receivers of Pittsburgh at the yeah. prices that they are, even even Deontay Johnson at six thousand two hundred feels like a good price. I mean, across the board though, the receivers are pretty cheap on this slate compared to the Saturday slates. I think mm. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are both above seven thousand. Or at least seven of those and then the other one.
1: If you're playing the Sunday slate, just have a lineup of Rottersburger and all three of those receivers. Yep. And that's your starting that's, point. That's... Run it back with Austin Hooper. And then that's your starting point.
0: Sounds like a good plan to me, Mark.
1: <laughs> For a small field, in a small field only.
0: Probably go and build a lineup <laughs> off that now, no, that yeah, you've said it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, put it in one of your small field tournaments, but not yep. but not not, lo- not one with only two people winning.
0: <laughs> yeah. That pretty much rounds us up for the whole of Wildcard Weekend, Mark. I can't wait, cannot oh, wait. Me neither. I'm even more excited that the Rams are actually in the playoffs now. That had they not have won that game last week and missed out on the playoffs, I probably wouldn't have been as
1: chirpy today as I am. But you're used to the Rams being in the playoffs. You know, Washington is in the playoffs. You know, we have to. That's to be the strange sort of. Um. Confluence of events so that we a 7 9 team goes through for us to get into the playoffs, you know, yeah, and get home field advantage and stuff. So, you know,
0: maybe this is the reason that we've been having the weather that we've had recently. Maybe it is a case of hell freezing over and coming coming to good old Mother Earth Great
1: Britain. Um, and yeah. if um, if Washington win, I don't think I could, I don't think I can post in the old um, five yard rush WhatsApp group because <laughs> Murph will be fuming. <laughs> Oh, I... he'll be fuming That's will a lot of people because lots of people think they were given their position their place in the playoffs so. Mm. so that's for another pod I reckon yes well I think that's for private you'll get into another trouble <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> talking about that so yeah definitely
0: well a pleasure as always Mark and I've no doubt that we'll be back again for next weekend's slate of playoff games um and that's pretty much it for me you can find me on Twitter at Nick of Wigan and where can the listeners find yourself Mark
1: at underscore SMRF
0: listeners that have tuned into the show before will know what we're all about now gamble responsibly guys this is your money but the most important thing Mark what should the listeners do draft responsibly absolutely enjoy Wildcard weekend and we'll see you next week